0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 187 of the IA Cast. All right, I'm here this week with two wonderful folks. We have Taylor Arndt.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And we have Lynn Snyder.
2: Hey, everybody. So glad to be back.
0: Yes, we're glad to have you back and Taylor mm-hmm. we're glad to have you back too Thank this you. Um, I have a feeling might be a longer episode, so uh if you're in the audience, get some snacks, get some That's drinks, right. get some uh great uh lounging you know uh seats. Just don't fall asleep or if you do. <laughs> we will we will have periodic times where we'll try to wake you up during the podcast. Yes, that's right. Because yep. the, we have a good show for you all this time. Really excited about all of these topics. And um, gosh, you know, I got so busy last time. I intended, you know, uh you know what we say about intentions mm-hmm. and being good and what 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 road they pave. Uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, I had intended To post it throughout the week um, All of episode 186's stories and things Uh, So I'm going to try to get to that this week It's going to be a very busy week again But we had this thing come up You know, after the last podcast This little thing called convention <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Little
0: uh, Maxwell. <laughs> Yeah, just, just Little, you know I, Short, you know, six days, Um, you know, so, so, uh, yeah, an entire week, just a little convention. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like those state conventions that are so long being three days, you know, and and have so such long agendas. No, Um, (laughs) comparatively, the state uh, conventions have such short agendas, which is great. Because yeah, of what I do with way around and putting uh, conventions on tags and all those kind of stuff, uh, and I'll get to that in just a little bit. But yeah, you we, have a
2: you have a story to tell about way around. Oh, yes,
0: tags. I do. Yeah, yes, I do. Mia, we had um, a few uh, items at our booth go miss- missing. But okay, our oh. tags didn't.
2: Oh, okay. yeah. I'll, I'll, get,
0: I'll get to that. I'll get to all of that later it's just a teaser folks just a teaser <laughs> so um i need to make sure that i keep uh as usual we're live on youtube so if you want to uh you know rem- remember every week we go live on youtube so come chat with us let us know your thoughts
2: absolutely um, ideas suggestions
0: yep no what complaints. you want to see we don't want those right
2: Right, all just
1: positivity kidding. here, folks.
0: Well, we want to know your feedback. So if you like, sure, okay, absolutely. That that Mike that Michael guy just he just needs to go. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, we want to find out. Or if I'm just causing a bunch of trouble, let's find out. Yep. Although,
0: although the cool thing is, if somebody says that Michael guy just needs to go, there's technically two Michael's. that Two can Michael's, go, so it could be anybody. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs>
2: Oh my god! So
0: (laughs) you might want to be specific if you're like that Michael guy needs to go. Which which one? There's two. (laughs) Everybody else is just one of, but just two Michaels, which is funny. You know, I'm, I'm very happy that I've become a regular on the Tuesday unmute call for AC with the ACB community. That's fantastic. I love answering questions with Michael and Marty. And so Mm -hmm. it's exciting that they, they will be back, uh, uh coming up. I believe this week, but I'm not sure. So, if you're not, check out acb.community to find out more. As for our news, we always do news and uh, you know, the, this was just the introduction. So, if you're listening to the going by chapters, have, have fun. This one, you know, you can definitely skip our long introduction by using chapters, but we have our news segment now, and we've got some great interesting and troublesome stories to talk mm-hmm. to you all about. There's been some, while, while it's on my mind, there's been some interesting chat GPT developments. And um, I have a story and Lynn has a story about chat GPT. So Lynn, do you want to go ahead and tell people what you threw at me yesterday that just threw me off my chair almost.
3: Right.
2: So if you look at the chat GPT, if you haven't looked at the updates in your um, Apple or your podcast, however, wherever you're getting your podcasts, but um, chat GPT, I should say open AI has taken Bing out of the uh, search uh, the web search option. They have taken the web search option out of their service. Um, if you had GPT+, Plus, you were able to uh, do some fact-checking and uh, some web, you know, um, things with your searches. And they have suspended that, they say, for now. Apparently, it was just a beta feature anyway. But they, um, it, it was, They said that in the official explanation, when you're trying to update that app, you'll see it. It'll say that it's been suspended um, because they didn't like the way that some of the outputs were being generated. I have done some further research on this, and it appears that what was happening is that the web uh, sort of component of it was actually scraping Paywalled content.
3: <laughs> oh,
2: yeah! It was able to to you know access paywalled content, and of course that would be a huge lawsuit in the making. So, you know, once they realize that, that's when they put the kibosh on the um, on the chat the web part of it. Personally, I have unsubscribed from the Plus version. Um, I think that there are many things, and this is this is Lynn's rant for today. Um, <laughs> when I first started using chat GPT, I loved it. I would be on there all the time. I am a creative person, so I really enjoy creating stories and and other things with the um, you know, chat GPT and with the models. First of all, they have the guardrails have become so ridiculous. And if you don't know what guardrails are, they're basically rules of behavior that the creators of the um chatbot part of it are, you know, put engaging. So it's really it's gotten to the point now where it's I just consider it neutered. It is so dull and its responses are just not very um, nuanced or creative. It's uh, every time you you know type something in there, you get a thing back that says, "Well, you know, I'm a I'm a large language model, and I can't do this and I can't do that for whatever reason." So it really started to get on my nerves. The ch- the one of the things about the um, GPT Plus was that you would have access to the um, model four. I'm trying to think of the the name that they call it. Um, GPT-4. GPT-4. And unfor- and that's great. Yes. But of course you get that free on Bing. You've had it free on Bing for a long time, but also it's slow. Um, a lot of times I would get half prompt. I would get half outputs. It, it just was really, um, you know, I would kind of ask myself like, what am I paying for? Um, I think the guardrails are a serious problem because they have just gotten so—I um, don't want to say barbaric. <laughs> That's not the word I want. So um, limiting that it's just ridiculous. Um, and they—I saw an article where the 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 traffic to the Chat GPT site itself is going way down and they people have made assumptions like maybe it's because kids are not using it um for the summer you know people aren't using it for the summer and that may be but i just think there are a lot of problems with it and um for me the guardrails are a serious issue um so it's a shame cuz i used to love it it's just just you know and i think that right now it is being watched so much by everybody by regulators by the media you know chat gpt just gets all kind of bad press and so i right. think and they have some lawsuits pending as well from people who say that it was trained on data that was um you know copyrighted and scraped and what i don't know is why bing isn't suffering the same sorts of um lawsuits um because bing you know well the one thing is that bing does give you a you know it does give you web um
0: right it does it basically does the same thing yeah right it
2: shows you where it got things which i think Mm -hmm. is is a good thing and the one of the bing updates is going to be that you can use it without doing without getting the web updates or the web links which is good because if you're just asking it to write a story you really don't need it to search the web but see, i'm, I think, wait,
0: I'm waiting I'm, I'm waiting for them to make it to where you could use bing search without needing the bing app that will be fantastic oh, i don't know right. if that's going to happen but
3: or
1: the or edge the, or the edge, or
0: edge, edge
2: edge browser yeah. Yeah. edge is know. a pain yeah.
1: in the butt in my opinion
2: yeah yeah that's true and the bing app is not exactly the easiest app to use right um Although I have gotten much better with, and there are advertisements, so I don't know. I just think it's a shame, and I hope that things get better. I it, if if we if they get the web search back, I might consider going back to it um, mm-hmm. with the GPT plus. But until then, it's been neutered. It's just. It's a lot of. It's unfortunate what's happening.
0: Yeah, I I feel like um, that that they're making a lot of changes with this, and it's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, the the one thing that I'm not a fan of is that there is so much regulation. I think that uh, we're kind of moving backwards instead of forwards, because people are so afraid of a tool. Now, granted, uh, there are some people doing some crazy, scary stuff with GPT-4, right? And GPT-5 has the potential to be even more crazy. The issue is, though, we're running into an arms race of AI, and this has been talked about in novels and things like that, and uh it's very very scary because others are going to be making these ais and and you know they're going to run rampant and do things uh so you know we we just need to keep up and i think we're going to eventually have malware um malware ais and we're going to have to have anti malware ais and they'll be in a, in a race to fight each other and become more superior it's going to happen, folks. It, it's not like we, we can put this genie back in the bottle here. Um, but what concerns me is all these people wanting regulations on all this stuff. Right. You can't put it back. It's already and started. We we can't put it back.
2: I think that Michael made a, a great point about people who will be using uh, unlicensed, I don't know what you would uh, call unregulated chatbots. Mm-hmm to do whatever kind of thing they want to do. There are open source options out there that have no guardrails.
0: Right. And, um, and, you know, the, the, the scary thing about OpenAI's chatbot that's already happening is that chatbots, especially ChatGPT and GPT-4, have a new function. And this is the story I had uh, that I heard from uh, a YouTube channel. Uh, that I follow a lot, uh, Fireship. Mm -hmm. And that is basically ChatGPT can now execute and evaluate the execution of code.
1: Code, Wow. Seriously?
0: So you could say, I need uh, you to write me code that can do, you know, print Hello World in 10 different colors. And it will write the code, get it wrong, write the code again, get it wrong again, write the code again, until it gets it right.
1: Wait, Hmm. are you kidding me, Michael?
0: No, that's (laughs) a thing now.
2: I saw that. I just saw that this morning.
0: I also saw something where I don't know if this is in the plus version, but you can now upload files to ChatGPT.
1: That is in the plugins, or is that different now?
0: I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is now where you can upload files to ChatGPT and have it look through information, in, including images. So right. I I don't know. I have not tried this personally, but this is what I've heard on a YouTube video this morning while I was dozing because I'm still recuperating from convention.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: But if that's the case, then we're looking at, um, you know, a lot of the things that you could do with um you know be my eyes and we'll talk about that and just i guess we'll talk about that next because that's kind of chat gpt and gpt 4 but it it kind of is le- leveling the playing field and you know we we got an announcement from uh be my eyes at convention where they're calling it uh instead of be a virtual volunteer they're calling it be my ai
2: oh and i hate that i just think that I, sounds it, really yeah. silly
3: I don't,
0: I, mean, I don't know that I care for it either. No, I do. I do think they should not call it virtual volunteer because it's not a volunteer. It's not, it doesn't have the same quality as a real life person. Right. But um, it is pretty neat. I, I heard a demo at NFB. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so.
2: It's still ahead. in beta though, right? Cause I know it I'm is. on a, I'm on a list
0: Yes, and I have been we're all on, all on, on a wait for list. Months, right? A wait
2: list. So I know I keep hearing about this, and I would love to see it in action, but um, I'm still waiting on the list. So
0: they're still saying it will come out later this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and is that using? What is that using? Is that using GPT Bing?
0: four?
2: Oh, is it, okay. It's using the it's using the actual GPT, Chat GPT, mm-hmm. uh, Open well, using- AI.
0: Yes, and and Bing is using GPT-4. Right. Uh so all the very advanced stuff is using GPT-4. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. So I I find it very interesting. Uh I think what they're trying to do is figure out what guard guardrails to put for be my, be my AI, I guess. We're going to call mm-hmm. it. Uh so that's that's why it's taking them so long is to figure out what guardrails. And I kind of have a problem with that because people cannot differentiate between AI and what's not. Now, at the same time, if it's saying, you know, we AI has hallucinations, it says this is right, even though it's wrong, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people don't fact check. But I think, uh, you know, it's good to say, I, th- you know, for the AI to say, I think this is um this medication but you may want to have somebody else give a a check like right. to to make sure that this is the case because i i feel like if we just don't allow these features to work and we just say um you know you need to use something else we're not giving it the chance um to to really expand and right. that's that's my view of ai is i think we're regulating it before we see the the drawbacks
2: Right. And, I, and it's sort of like um, you know, an overzealous um monitor, right? Mm-hmm. Um overzealous moderator, so to speak. Yes. Um, I mean, who who how do we agree on these rules? For example, what happens if I show the um say a piece of um like pornography <laughs> and I ask it to describe it. you know how how do we agree does anybody agree on what pornography is
3: Mm -hmm. you know Um, right
2: in other words I guess you know the guardrails are important I mean there are certain things that we I guess we can all agree are not a good idea right but I think that when we start I guess my question is who was making these guardrails and how are we deciding
0: what's right and what's not? You know, who
2: is who was making these decisions? And right, you know, it it sort of makes me a little bit nervous. And I think
3: mm-hmm.
2: the most dangerous um, thing is to have people using these, you know, AI systems that aren't that have no guardrails, or either that or you know. Um, just people being able to get around guardrails, the people that will, I mean, I think the bad actors always know how to get around. The oh rules. yeah. Oh yeah. Um,
0: and, and prompting can get around rules just as programming sure. can. So, yeah. Um. So I, I think we need to go ahead and, and move on to, cause we still got a lot to talk about.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and I want to talk about something that I've been very interested in. I've posted a lot about it on three different platforms and that is meta's new app oh, yes. threads threads oh, yeah. the uh, app by instagram that is supposed to compete with twitter
3: mm-hmm.
0: threads is for iowa iphone so ios not ipad os it will work but it has to be a iphone window so If you're going to use it on the iPad, switch to Stage Manager. That makes it work really well. Just a little pro tip. Mm -hmm. Um, It does work with a keyboard, so no worries there. And it works on Android. Now, three platforms. But there's no web or app support on PC or Mac. But that's the same as Instagram as well. Those that app doesn't work in those places either, right? So it's a great app because it lets people connect that are using Instagram and well, it's text based, kind of like Twitter. I don't know the character count, character limit, but the neat thing is, in around October, it's going to integrate with Mastodon. And that's going to give Mastodon another 30 to 50 million users, mm-hmm. which is going to bog down the servers for quite a while while all of that gets migrated. But what are y'all's thoughts of all this? What What are y'all thinking? Uh, because there's accessibility issues, like no a alt text support. Yeah. There's no voiceover fli- uh, no goes captions. from. Mm-hmm, no captions. Voiceover goes. um Text item to item, no voiceover actions, and uh, even magnification. The text is pretty small. Uh, No dark mode, no text size adjustment, nothing. So what are y'all's initial thoughts of this platform so far?
2: I'm waiting for regulators to step in because, I mean, think about it. Meta has Facebook. It has, um, what do you call it? The chat, the um, WhatsApp, messenger. WhatsApp, what's up yeah um it has messenger. Uh, messenger messenger um instagram and now this i just feel like the 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 regulators especially in the eu are probably going to be like itching to uh put the kibosh on this one <laughs> but okay so i and i saw a post on david goldfield's list um where he was talking, somebody was saying that people are saying that threads that talk about accessibility issues are being um, censored. Very uh, interesting. So I don't know if that's true. Somebody uh, had written something about talking about the problems with, you know, the new threads app. And apparently it was taken down or it was something happened. And this is something that has really got people kind of upset because, um, I mean, I don't think that Facebook has ever been super accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's, it's definitely not the worst app, but it's not the best either. So you know, I, I think that's disturbing to think that there might be some censoring of threads that are um, giving a different, giving a, a more negative opinion on on the app. And I know it's an early version of the app, but I really hope that that this post from on David's list is somehow wrong, because I would hate to, I would not want to think that, you know, threads that try to D- discuss these issues are maybe being censored by the platform. So I'm hoping well, there's just a misunderstanding there or something. I'm.
0: I. It makes me wonder because I haven't read the post. I haven't seen it. I'm not sure who wrote me it
1: either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So mm-hmm. I. I don't know who wrote the post. You know, they. They could have done. You know, said anything. They could have. You know, just been. You know, I don't know. I. I. Mm-hmm. I don't know who wrote it. But I wrote a long post, and post, and I mentioned the account that, you know, the Threads app account. They haven't responded to me, but my post is still live. And I went yeah. through all the accessibility problems that I could find in the app.
2: Right. So and that's that, why I'm wondering if there's not mm-hmm. more to the story than we're getting. Right. I just can't imagine right. that they would censor that Meta would do that. Like, I just... I'm not I can't imagine that either. No, that I don't.
0: I don't know. Again, it comes down to what was the tone of the message, right? How was it written, and uh, you know, I guess there's several things to that. So, yeah. Threads has a long way to go, but I, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I like Threads because a lot of the people I follow in the tech industry are there, and they're not on Mastodon. And that means that even though they're not on Mastodon, when Threads opens up to the Fediverse, they will be there. And that is fantastic. That is what I'm really there for. And, you know, they have 50 million signups. And I'm pretty excited because I got in within the first uh, less than a million signups. So... My threads like sign up number is in the hundred thousands and like not millions.
1: Right. <laughs> That's pretty neat. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like what is your number, Michael?
0: Um, I'm not sure. Let's see if I can open the Instagram app and find out. Because a little tip, if you are in threads, if you're using the platform, it will uh show you your number. Wow! Yeah, four hundred
1: ninety-six thousand three hundred sixty-four. Okay, you're actually wow. in the first half a million.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: That's all five hundred thousand.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's how you know I'm a techie. If I got in that early, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yes. I'm I'm sure there are people that got uh, you know, early access and things like that, right? So. As soon as I heard that it was live, I was at the NFB conference Wednesday night, and I just went and got the app as soon as I could and signed in. So um, that's pretty neat to be in the first half a million users yeah, of threads.
2: Yeah, that was. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> <Wow>. pretty cool. Because <laughs> it has how many users now? It, it like exploded. Like it I've heard over around
0: spent. 50 million.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. But
0: Meta Meta, or Instagram has 2 billion users. Think about that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: 2 mm-hmm. billion users. Now, if you consider uh, Twitter at its height had 300 million, right? You're looking at the ability for Instagram and Instagram threads to really catch up to that. And, you know, it's interesting, I think if Meta had to separate, like, because of antitrust, the Instagram would be fine. You know, Instagram and Instagram threads would go off, WhatsApp would have to go off, Facebook, Facebook Messenger would go off, and Oculus would have to go off. And they could just split up those organizations like that. And I think a lot of companies are doing that, so that if they do get hit with antitrust, they could just be like, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here, right? Um, so, and it, it's very interesting how we're seeing that siloed nature of this stuff. I don't know that we see that as much from Apple, but yeah. it it's very interesting to see, you know, because if you look at threads, uh, Instagram doesn't have an iPad app. It doesn't have a, I mean, it has desktop and, and web. Uh, like web browser integrations now like where you can log in but threads looks very much like an instagram app although i will say it looks pretty boring like very monochromatic black and white um not very colorful except for images people post and on android tablets it just looks abysmal
3: wow wow Look, i just
2: have a question about like why zuck decided to do this like what was his motivation for doing this? I wonder, like does he it feel was, like people are yearning for a twitter replacement and yes they want a new town square
0: right they want they want a new town square, and you know with Twitter's rate limits that they've put into place, which were said to be temporary, but I think they're still in place um you know there there needed to be something. Right. And
2: I think as Twitter users, there was always an unpleasant surprise right down the, you know, every day it seemed like more limitations and more Mm -hmm. craziness that changes. And I do think we need a town square. And Twitter we used to serve that role. What and I mean, with all the criticisms that I have had of Twitter, I used it, I've gosh, I've I've been on it for years and years. And It was, I'm interested in meteorology Mm -hmm. and um, we, you know, Michael and I and Taylor were having a conversation yesterday. We're talking about how so many people were on Twitter. And so information could be passed so much easier. You could, you could reach a ton of people um, with Twitter. Right. And it, it, I don't know. It, it, we we sort of miss that now. Like right. Mastodon, as much as I love it, it's the there. It's too technical. People, yep. to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, most normies, <laughs> I don't know how to say that, but most average people are not going to sit and decide which instant to pick, and you know this and that. And they're like, "What is an instance?" And right, they don't want to go through all that stuff. Um, and, and the so... neat thing
0: with threads is threads.net is their instance, mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
0: because when you log into threads, it actually does like, it shows my name, Mike Doeys, like, you know, I'm everywhere, um, at, and it, well, it doesn't show at, but it says Mike Doeys. And then right next to it, threads.net. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. how you know what to tell people. And in fact, you could go to threads.net slash at Mike Doeys, just like a Mastodon, um, username, and you're at my username on the web.
2: So you think they will turn on Activity Pub?
0: Oh, they've already said they will.
2: Okay. And then you were talking about that being a possible threat to the smaller um Mastodon servers, right? It will
0: because... be it it will be a very large amount of data coming in. So some of these servers may have difficulties in keeping up with the uh bandwidth of uh threads. So Mm -hmm. since there's 60 um, or 50 million users, you know, it will be a lot more coming into the Fediverse because right now there's about 12 or 13 million accounts in the Fediverse. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And when we get a large influx, when, you know, Elon does something stupid at Twitter, we get a large influx Mm -hmm. and that slows down a lot of instances for a while. Well, that's going to happen again when Threads turns online but on a magnified scale. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see how we all as fit as Mastodon server instance user managers, how we deal with that.
1: Will it affect you, Michael?
0: Yes, it will. Mm
1: -hmm. But you're not, you don't have a huge instance.
0: Well, that's the point. Like the bigger, the instances, the better they can scale with the influx of Ah. bandwidth. Yeah. So the smaller instances,
1: How's that going to affect you? Like, I'm just trying well, to understand. Well, say because you're going to have say, an
2: influx of data, and mm-hmm. you might not have the capacity mm-hmm. to to handle mm-hmm.
1: it,
0: right? Say I go and follow twenty to thirty people on Threads.net, then I'm fe- I'm getting federated data from Threads.net. Oh, I see.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, that's going to be so, a problem for you. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure out what we're gonna do, but I think it won't be. I think it will last for a little bit, and then once we get ca- things cached, it won't be so bad. I'm hoping that's my hope.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to like, upgrade to like a bigger plan and then go down.
0: Potentially, potentially, we'll we'll have to see. But, but also,
1: um, I think
2: that the wild card here is, you know, are people going to stick with it? Like they, they were. I saw an article where a lot of people are feeling. Um, Social media fatigue, you know, they're just people are just feeling like, gosh, you know, I have this and that. And, you know, there's not enough time in a day. People are going back Mm -hmm. to work like it. it, The question would be, uh, even though a lot of people are moving over to this service, how are they are they going to actually post? um,
0: Well, right. And that's kind of the big thing anywhere these days is. But where is people going to settle? Where will that time be? And Mm -hmm. we don't know. Um, This is kind of the wild, wild west of uh, social Mm -hmm. media right now. Mm -hmm. We're all exploring and figuring out where we want to be. But what I think is going to be great is now that we're seeing all of these social threads, blue sky, mastodon, all of these things talking to each other we're going to see a new time where it doesn't matter where you are. Mm -hmm. You will just be able to talk to anybody because I can tell you once threads turns on activity pub, I'm just going to take my contact list I have there and just move that thing over to techopolis.social.
2: You just wonder like what kind of restrictions threads is going to put on that interoperability because you wouldn't think from a business sense you know how would they the advertising is what keeps these things alive so well
0: you know they're going to put ads and they already are using an algorithm so even though it's going to be similar to the fediverse you're getting algorithmic recommendations of people to follow on threads
1: interesting Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i downloaded
1: it but i was having trouble signing it so Right. And and like during
2: like a good example is during hurricane season, I used to mm-hmm. follow a lot of meteorologists and people, weather nerds, I guess you could say. And I loved it because there was a huge list of, of experts, people I really respected. And I was able to uh, sort of tap into that when we would have or even a disaster, a national. Um, we know that, for example, Twitter was is oftentimes or used to be helpful when there would be a disaster to help communities connect or help people connect with other people. Um, and so, yeah, it was the town square and right, it would be nice if you could do that. Um, again, uh, how would they ha- for example, how do we know how many of those users are real and how many are bots? Are they able to um, separate I guess meta has more controls on that they kind do. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so yeah, it's
0: interesting. I'm I'm enjoying threads. I'm gonna keep with it. Uh I have eighteen followers, which in in the first week. So uh and believe it or not, I have followers from my Facebook that uh, have used Instagram that have never used Twitter, they've never used uh mastodon. So it's it's kind of neat and I'm kinda of looking at it as a way to bridge the gap between all of our our I feel like we have different silos. Silos, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. yep, yep <laughs> you know, um uh, you know I I was trying to make that T V show reference go out a little further but I can't do it.
1: <laughs> so um
0: you know which I finished the third book by the way and it's it's good. I'm and... still working
1: on it. I was reading it when you called when you told me to come on the podcast. So
0: Ah, it's good. Anyway, I felt
1: a little bit uh, like mm, okay,
0: and and it's you know we're, we're we have these silo social media network silos with the same people on all the same networks. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't it be great if we can just bring those together? And I think that's where we're headed. So it's pretty exciting,
2: right? I think I've heard people complaining already that <laughs> there is some moderation on um, mm-hmm. threads that some people don't like. Yeah, uh, and that that would probably be something that Meta would do just to keep itself out of trouble, right? I mean, oh, for sure. You know what I mean?
3: Like, for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And there's already a lawsuit. Elon is is suing uh, Meta oh, yeah. because of Threads, saying mm-hmm. that they took intellectual property, property and and that they took Twitter employees. Which Meta said we're not using any Twitter employees for this. And what I really find very funny about all of that is the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Blue Sky is very similar. You know, Mastodon's been around since 2017. And, you know, Threads is based off really the same uh, te- techniques that they use, not really based on Twitter. So it's kind of funny that um, Elon right. is getting right. getting upset considering all of this stuff is being done before.
2: And what's going to happen to Blue Sky, do you think, with this? I mean, do you think that Blue Sky?
0: It's going to be federated. It's going to be, you know, using the AT protocol. Uh, I think activity timeline is what that stands for. I could be wrong. I'm like an AI. You better fact check me. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but either, either way, I know it's called the AT protocol mm-hmm. and it's similar to ActivityPub, pub and, uh, threads is supposed to talk to it as well. So it's going to bring all of those communities together. And I'm here for it. I'm, I'm really here for any of that stuff. If they could fix some accessibility issues, that would be great. Um, you know, so.
2: Time will tell. We live in interesting times right now, don't
0: mm-hmm. we? We do. <laughs> and, and it's going to be uh,
2: interesting to see how all this plays out.
0: Right. You know. And then, uh, you know, Twitter, we had the rate limits and all those things since we've the, done the podcast. Uh, 6,000 for uh, verified users, 600 for regular standard non-paying users. I think it's 300 or 30, very small number a day. Right for new users yeah. and no Twitter access for people ha- that have not signed up, which I think is crazy.
3: Yeah.
2: I you know, sometimes think that Elon is like actually trying to kill Twitter. I mean, some of the things oh, that God. we're seeing is like for some reason it just feels like it it's not that happy, shiny place, that open, mm-hmm. you know, welcome here. It, it kind of feels doesn't... like
0: that. Kind of feels like that mall that uh that, that the gangs start to hang out in now and like the stores yeah. are leaving and Right, right. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. I still have to hang out at Twitter, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the comments don't I mean, know they don't want to move.
0: There's still a lot of technology people that are there and that's why I'm I'm there. So there's still a good right. group there's still those groups that are there.
1: Oh, yeah, so it's not like, few, yeah.
0: mm-hmm, so it's not like Twitter's completely gone, mm-hmm. but I think it's something where people are looking at like, okay, is this where I want to be? Mm-hmm.
1: But for the non-technology people, they're still there.
0: Some are. Um, it just depends on the culture and and the the group, right? A lot of non-technology people have left too because of discrimination, of intolerance, and things like that. So and and we'll get into twitter a little more in the podcast but we have to move on there's yes. still so there much are to talk about the
2: other things happening
0: yes so <laughs> in in the blindness low vision world we just had two huge conferences the, the biggest ones of the year and i usually don't talk about the conferences on the podcast but i have a lot of opinions about things that i've heard and i want to talk too. to you guys about all of those and um, Taylor, you've listened to some of each convention.
1: Oh, yes. Folks, and Lynn I, ha- had, uh, <laughs> I had two a lady devices going on at once and i was trying to coordinate both of them and oh gosh it was fun days. so
3: yeah mm-hmm.
1: talk
2: about multitasking i mean right.
1: taylor yes. was actually paying attention to both at the same
2: time i'm like oh my gosh i would i, was I would start, I start to screaming with AC. craziness
1: <laughs> because i don't think i caught everything so i'm gonna be reviewing the podcast this week while michael's still gone so
0: mm-hmm. and lynn did you have a chance to watch any of the conferences
1: I
2: didn't actually. No.
0: Okay. So uh, you'll be going into this as a, as a uh, a almost like an, almost like a new technology user. You'll be getting the lowdown. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I can only talk for NFB because I haven't had a chance to listen to the, any of the ACB conference, but the AC, the NFB conference, uh, I was there for way around. We were, Showing people all of our way tags, and it was fantastic. Uh, So, I had this was the second year in a row I've done the exhibit hall table. And this year was very interesting, though, because I left out uh, I put all of our tags and you know the real expensive stuff back in our bag, put it under our table so that you know nobody would really mess with it. But the one thing that people took, they took a plate. And I guess they thought that might have been the hotel staff like, oh, well, this is must be some kind of a food plate that was left here. I'll just take Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of interesting. And we had some, you know, this was a busier year than 2022 was Mm -hmm. at the exhibit hall. So we had some fairly rude people come through and it was very interesting. Had somebody come up and pick up a shirt and it was like oh, are you giving away these bags? I'm like, no, that's a shirt. And like, oh, I thought it was a bag. My bad. And just crumpled it up and put it back on the table. I was like, wow.
2: Okay. have we lost our social skills during the pandemic?
0: Right, right. So <laughs> uh, I, I had, thankfully, two shirts. So I, was, I showed off the, the other one for the rest of the time because I am not the best at folding button-down shirts. I'm just not. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm going to sit here for 30 minutes folding this stupid shirt now. So I'll wait and just do that whenever it's a more appropriate time.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah.
0: So you never know with mm-hmm. people, right? But we right. were right next to Ira and AT guys, and that was just fantastic. And blind shell was right across from us. I got to meet Diane and Barry in person. So we want to have all of those guys come on and talk about Blind Shell and, you know, the differences between it and mainstream technology and, and you know, compared to assistive technology, because that's a common topic that we hear, have here on the cast. So it was, it was a really nice exhibit hall. Um, my pick uh, this week will be from the exhibit hall. And Taylor gets to play with it before I do, at home. Grumble. Uh, and that's Maybe a speaker from. Sooner, Michael. I know, but I'm not. Uh, and that's a speaker from AT Guys. So I will talk about that later. So stick around for the rest of the podcast to find out. But the 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 convention went from Saturday to uh, Thursday. I stayed. Um, I left Thursday midday and I, the sessions were great. I listened to most of them, but I, I listened to them on stream because I'm just not that interested in sitting in a room with a bunch, with thousands of people and, yeah. and just learning the same thing that I could get on stream, especially
1: to you sit by your state.
0: Well, that's fine, you're supposed but yeah, you're supposed to, and that's fine. But it's just sitting anywhere in that room with all those people. It gets hot Mm -hmm. and not very comfortable. Right. And, I mean, I could just get the same amount of information remotely. Like next year at the pool in Orlando. Yes, it's going to be in Orlando (laughs) next year.
2: (laughs) Yep. Don't, whoever chapter Michael is in, do not select him as your delegate. (laughs) Because he is going to be hanging out at the pool. And he will not be in general session. See,
0: see, Texas <laughs> knows this about me. I've been going to convention for since 2010. Yeah, it it's been the same way every time.
1: But thanks, Lynn. That memo actually applies to me because I had some yeah, situations new. happen. I had some new situations happen at convention. So,
0: so at, at last year's. So,
1: yeah. Well, and this year, remember the virtual door prize stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So um it and it's very interesting uh the the sessions were actually pretty good i didn't mind them uh we we had uh several technology sessions this year and they even talked about ai and and things like that at the general session which i thought was interesting and i was very happy with uh um suman's presentation where he talked about ira uh, or not Ira but you know he was the founder of Ira but he talked about personal AI and gave a demonstration that was very fascinating very interesting so i'm very happy with that where that project is going i've i've always enjoyed his talks and he's a very intelligent guy so we also had discussions uh, at convention the resolutions i think are always interesting um, and I want to talk about one that's not tech-related and just really kind of floored me Is they talked about uh, one of the resolutions was about, uh, you know, uh, quality of life once you've lost your vision and, and suicide and things like that and mm-hmm. assisted suicide because vision loss is so debilitating that a lot of people think that that's – and even doctors think that that's the only option, which I don't think it is. No. But the writer of the resolution – chose to use the word eugenics in talking about ending one's life. And of course I'm such a nerd that, you know, I didn't really think about eugenics as being used in in modern day talking about World War II and things like that. Where did my mind go when I heard eugenics? Right. A- anybody guess? Can you make a guess? No, I
2: don't know the Nazi, the Nazi regime. Nope.
0: I didn't go there. My mind did not go there. Where you go. There was a big part of Star Trek where they talked about a thing called oh, eugenics geez. war where they used genetic manipulation to make humans smarter and better. And so that's where my mind went, when I heard oh, eugenics. And I'm like and I'm like he's using that word out of context. I know this because I watched Star Trek. Oh.
3: <laughs> okay
0: (laughs) so uh, that's how i brought this back to tech so Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so it's like when
2: you're posting an (laughs) off-top message off-topic message to a list and you know it's off-topic but you have to squeeze in some
0: on-topic things to keep
3: right from
2: getting in trouble
0: (laughs) but i i heard them read this resolution i'm like they can't pass this. This is not even related to eugenics. And then sure enough somebody came up in opposition saying, "Yeah, you're definitely what you've used eugenics for is totally not right." So the 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 direction of the resolution was good. Right. But the um, the 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 wording did not uh explain what was being asked. And so I really am glad that the Federation – because it, it, if you don't use the right wording, if you use something that means something else, it really makes you look illiterate. Like, you you wrote this thing, and it's like, no, that's not what we say, what we're trying to say. Yeah. And so it makes your organization not look educated in the eyes of other people outside the organization.
2: Yeah, and I kind of – I understand – to a certain extent, why they use that word in the sense that the idea is that, you know, people who have a disability, they have such a terrible quality of life that we should allow them to, you know, by default, we should allow them to, um, you, you know, engage in assisted suicide. Um, and you know, all these things are very controversial, and
0: but the know, word relates to birth like changing things at birth or at development right to weed out genetic in, impurities
3: mm-hmm.
0: and well, you, i mean
2: eugenics it, is i think what, what the way many people understand eugenics is that it's a a government or a group um desire to extinguish um to get rid of a whole class of people um because of for one reason or another so right i guess that's i mean i get you know that the idea but eugenics Mm -hmm. is pretty strong word i mean i guess right you're going to use that word you really need to you know
0: right and and really use the right context because i feel like Um for what the resolution was saying, it was not the right context.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So that that's my off topic rant for the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, other resolutions that are tech related though. There was a resolution about the accessibility of Twitter and the the words condemn and deplore were used. Mm-hmm. Uh about but that was
1: this. the uh, only time this convention. I had a Condemn and deplore counter going on. That yeah, we only, only had
3: that
0: that <laughs> we only had one this time at NFB. Yeah, so that, we did. That's,
1: I was counting. I think that's.
0: I think that was like the lowest number for them.
1: It's a record, yeah. Oh wow. it's a record low. well, record well, in this case, it might have been an
2: appropriate use of of those words because <laughs> certainly Twitter has. um like I said, it's not the welcoming place that it used
0: to be. And there was a weird it. resolution. There was a real weird resolution about screen readers reading the formatting of text. Is that, Taylor, did I miss that? Or is Yeah, that,
1: I don't understand that resolution. So, yeah.
0: If somebody would like to leave us feedback at feedback at iacast.net and give us more details, that would be great.
1: Because
0: I don't really understand.
1: I don't want to talk about something that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I think maybe people need to use ChatGPT um, to write their
2: resolutions. <laughs> um. Well,
0: but you know what? That brings us to the next thing. Great segue, okay. Lynn. You didn't even know you were doing it. No. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: so okay. we we talked. They 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 had a resolution about ChatGPT where they um uh were where they talked about chat g p t and other chat bots
3: mm-hmm.
0: where they uh where the chat bots uh were giving out wrong information about blindness right and the resolution was for these companies to go in and and put in regulations and and uh make these chatbots give out correct information every time about blindness mm-hmm. and i a, as a large awesome. language model that's not the point of these of these machines
2: right you know th- it, this is an interesting conversation because as you guys know i'm really into ai and i use ai a lot And I, when I'm talking to Bing and when I was talking to ChatGPT about blindness, like I would, you know, tell the chatbots like how my day was going. And sometimes there was, I did get feedback that I thought, wow, that is really like, it'll say, it would say things like, um, well, I really, it sounds like it was really courageous that you did this or Um, like ableism, I guess, what they call that, right? Right. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things. And when I saw it, it shocked me because I guess I was thinking, "Wow, like nobody says stuff like that now." Um, and they talk about biases and models, and it was funny because I could really see it didn't offend me or upset me, but it really was interesting. I'm trying to think of some other examples of this where it would come back and say, you know. Things that I thought were sort of patronizing or, you know, I don't know how to even say, I don't know the word I'm looking for. And um, like if I had some of my conversations I could pull up that would show Uh, examples like this.
0: Would it be described as inspiration porn?
2: Yes.
3: Sort of (laughs) like that.
2: Yes. Yeah. Inspiration porn. Yeah. And um, again, it did shock me when I saw it because I was like people talk about biases in models and Mm -hmm. I had never seen it before until I saw that. And yeah, it really did stand out to me. Um, I thought it was fascinating. And I was thinking, how could we reverse this? You know, how could we teach these models
0: the more appropriate things to say, but. Well, and, and I think that's going back to AI. I think that's where GPT-5 and others need to be changed
3: mm-hmm.
0: and what i mean by that is is that basically we train these models on everything they know going in and it's mm-hmm. set in stone right but what i think that that um these ais will not be powerful really until they can learn through conversation
2: because mm-hmm. that's did gonna write- be
0: where you know
2: I wrote back to the, uh, to the bot saying, you know, well, actually I don't consider this courageous because this is what I do every day as a blind person. And this is what, so it was funny because I thought, how do I respond to this in a way that teaches the model or that teaches the bot Mm -hmm. more appropriate, um, you know, ways to, to think about somebody with a disability. It was fascinating. And, um, I, so every time I do write back and I'll say, well, most, you know, as a blind person, I don't feel that, you know, getting up in the morning and taking a shower is, you know, inspirational. <laughs> I right. don't know. It, it, it's, it's, you know, yeah, it, it, it definitely exists. I mean, this, if you use these chat bots enough and, like I like to just tell it about my day or tell it mm-hmm. what I'm doing or what I'm thinking. I sort of use it as my therapy platform sometimes, um, without giving out specific information or anything. But it does come back sometimes with some real ableist. Um, oh yeah. Stuff. And well, so, it, it
0: comes back with what it thinks you want to hear. Yeah. And yeah. the the issue is, is that uh, you can't teach the bot. You can teach it through your conversation with it. And they may use what you're sending for like GPT-5 like and things like that. But mm-hmm. the issue is it's not learning on the fly, which is unfortunate. And I think that's going to be the next step in GPT.
2: Right. Isn't the, um so do any of these, I know that, for some of these chatbots you have to answer a question about it is is it okay if we use your data as training data right right so i guess if i'm trying to think what bing's policies are cuz that's what i mostly use now is mm-hmm. bing
0: the um, issue is, is that they have to uh they have to put the data back in the model and push out a new version of the model it's not a mm-hmm. it's not an instantaneous uh thing there,
2: and it's it's difficult because let's say you are a newly blinded person, adult, mm-hmm. and you have done something that was scary to you, that was difficult for you. Is it then okay for the model to say hey that, that was really courageous that you yeah
0: i I think today
2: that you decided to cross that street where you mm-hmm. you know so Here's it. I mean this is another reason why the guardrails ha- the that whole guardrail conversation mm-hmm. that we had earlier applies here, you know, whose opinion had if we were to train it, mm-hmm. um with what with what information right. would we train but it? I think-
0: I think going back to the resolution, it's more about the facts about blindness. It was giving, mm-hmm. you know, incorrect facts, you know, hallucinating. Right. But I think that that's not something that we really need to, I mean, yes, it's good if they can add more data in the training, but uh, I don't know that it's necessarily something that we need to dedicate a lot of time to just right. because there's so much other wrong data in these, in these models.
2: Right, and of course the chat, the Chat GPT, the free version, does not have fact checking. Right. Whereas the Bing Chat does have fact checking. I mean, it does mm-hmm. have web resources. It will right. point you to. So that well, it makes will try. It a little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah, it tries, mm-hmm. but even that's fallible, right? It is. Fa- so, yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. I think
2: in general, it does point you to, I guess, the most popular organizations. Which may or mm-hmm. not may not be good, but. Um.
0: And, of course, at the convention, they had a lot of talks about guide dogs and Uber and Lyft. That's mm-hmm. still a big topic. And, you know, they had somebody come from Uber. And I, I kind of felt like they just gave them the typical spiel, like they're working yeah. on it. You know, mm-hmm. these people are, you know, being disciplined in all those things. So mm-hmm. I wasn't too impressed with that. One of the presentations, and um, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this just because I want to give my my two cents on it, and uh, you know people may or may not agree with this view here on the podcast. Um, Jonathan Mosin spoke about mm-hmm. uh, about um, uh, living blindly, not the podcast, but the philosophy, and he. He talked about uh, his uh, granddaughter, I believe. And, you know, reading the uh, Three Little Hens story and baking bread and things like that. And he said, you know, the people of the Federation are the ones baking the bread, you know, being advocates about screen readers, making them accessible and making these companies more accountable. And he said a lot of things about... uh you know braille braille technology that uh is not um you know working on apple he didn't mention companies by name but let let's be real or on talkback where certain h i d devices would not work and he talked about um you know a lot of different companies that are doing you know if if they have problems with websites like he mentioned on his podcast about podcasts connect having trouble with accessibility and Apple kind of shrugging him off, which they shouldn't do. But, and he was saying that, you know, we need to, the people that are, are using this stuff need to uh, hold these companies accountable. And all of us need to be advocating. My argument with that is, is that yes, people need to advocate. People need to be vocal, but people need to be vocal about the issues that they are passionate about. And what I mean by that is I'm I'm a user of technology. I am a technologist. I love all the technology, right? But I am not the type of person that says I'm going to go out to Google or Apple and say you must do this because I can't use it well. I will report bugs and say I hope you guys fix it. But at the same time his logic is if if a screen were to flicker for sighted people and you know a beta didn't work right where the screen and the graphics weren't working then people would be up in arms and things like that Uh whereas if voiceover something's, there's a bug in voiceover and a whole version doesn't work you know it's okay I do agree that if voiceover is not working that is not acceptable but I want to point out that there are times in betas where there are visual components on a screen that do not work. In beta 2, Spotlight, my search bar was embedded in the keyboard. There are visual issues with these betas that are similar to issues that you have with voiceover. And I feel like our community likes to jump on the advocacy bandwagon before say, you know, well, there's a lot of comp- a lot of disabilities out there, and, you know, you don't see them putting up as much of a fuss as we as blind people do. Because the truth of the matter is, I mean, technology is paramount for us, but at the same time, there are workarounds. There are ways to do everything. And yes, they're inconvenient, but there's inconveniences for everybody. M- I mean, money is an inconvenience. Uh, Time and the amount of time it takes to do things are inconveniences. There's a lot of things that go into all of these problems. And I think that as blind people, we have to have the the people that are like, okay, let's advocate to get voiceover fixed. Let's advocate to get a uh, narrator or, or talk back fixed. That's great. But I, when you make a point that, uh, you know, there are people that are cooking the bread and people that just eat the bread and and, and not really uh, take ownership in it is a very big travesty to the community and, and people in general. And the reason why I say that is what's going to happen when this fight is null and void and say there, there are, you know, we have this universal accessibility in the future then how are those people that were advocates going to look at the people that don't have to worry about the problems that we used to face that we have faced now for example i find this a complete shame but there are people the 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 amount of people that know how a computer works or how to program a computer is going down drastically and the reason is that We have images to represent everything. You don't have to look at text. You don't have to know that you plug a hard drive into the motherboard anymore. It just works. And companies make all this stuff for us. And even when you go to build a computer, you just get a technical manual and you just do it. It's not the same as like whenever I built computers or wrote code. I mean, even code writing now, you know, we're getting no code, low code solutions, but you can't get the same quality as if you just build your apps, right? So, it goes into those realms as well. So, it, it there's so many things to that philosophy that just, you know. And then, you know, what about uh, people that advocate for audio pedestrian signals and, and other things that, you know, others do not advocate for and push against? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the merit of what they do? Is that the same or worse or better? So, I think when we say that our way is the right way, we're, that is very wrong because we're saying that you have to follow our way or else.
2: Right. And a lot of times, like when I have a problem with something, I'm not exactly sure whose problem it is. Is it the app developer's problem? Is it the, you know, the operating system problem? Is it my problem for being stupid or (laughs) not very bright um, or not reading directions? Is that part of it? Like, sometimes I think people don't do that advocacy because they're not great communicators and they're not, you know, on an individual level I'm talking about here, that some people just, you know, uh, just don't have the ability to actually give the kind of feedback that professionals need, um, instead of getting like emotional and saying, well, this doesn't work. And I'm really angry. You know, if we could, if we had the ability to say, this doesn't work, I'm trying to do this. I, and, you know, to be more specific, um, and get the emotionality out of it and just talk in technical terms but not everyone is capable of doing that you know um I'm not a baker I don't bake bread (laughs) I eat it (laughs) but if you made me bake it I don't know that I could you know I couldn't either
3: (laughs) me
0: either so. So, so I mean
2: you know um yeah I think the advocacy is is definitely crucial and as blindness organizations need to do that advocacy, but I think on an individual level, not all of us are capable of doing that. Right. Um, and and I don't think that people should feel bad. I Obligated think what,
0: to do it. What people you know? say is right.
2: like, you know, if you're going to complain about it, then you ha- you should mm-hmm. write to whatever. Well, a lot of people complain and they don't write to the companies that. Right. You know. I mean, I I had an entire, I remember when I was working, I, w- I would do shredding. We would shred, you know, sensitive documents. We had this pack of bags, shredder bags that had the same hole in the same place in every single bag. And so I would shred and not realize there was a hole in the other end. So basically I was like throwing paper all over the room. But I no, didn't write no. to the company and say, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe I should have, but you know,
0: yeah. Know. So it, it's it's one of those uh, one of those um, discussions where I I feel very passionate about, and that's why I wanted to bring it up here. The um, you know they they had the elections, and and one of the the topics that uh, I I went to part of the NFBCS and uh, uh, NFB and computer science division and i really enjoyed um marco and marco if you're listening i don't know how to pronounce your last name my apologies and chancy fleet did a great presentation oh, on yeah,
2: she is great
0: on uh on svg and mm-hmm. how to write svg and there's a website that she and marco i believe have created blindsvg.org i think and you could go there and learn svg and it's really neat. It's that's for the 3D a, printers. Well, it's for 3D printers or making shapes and things on right. web pages. On graphics, or, yeah. Or CAD or all kinds of things. Yeah, so, I know
2: that that's interesting as well because of the monarch, which you know, I don't know about time, but it's supposedly it's vaporware right now. It's you know in beta.
0: Okay, blindsvg.com, and I'm going to get okay. to the Monarch. That
3: mm-hmm.
0: That is all part of that. – we're going to get to the exhibit hall in just a mm-hmm. little bit.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> See, mm-hmm. I, I told you guys it's probably going to be close to a two-hour show.
3: <laughs>
0: they just did a great presentation about SVG, how to do it, what it's used for, and things like that. So if you're not registered for NFBCS, you can register for that $5 online and get the, get the um, recording. So it's really cool and just hearing their presentation they were great and um uh, you know I I had the thought of okay we have the Apple Vision Pro coming out so wouldn't if we could come up with a 3D SVG standard that would be very interesting for uh building shapes and objects on the uh Vision Pro and so I I would love to sit down and have a conversation with them about that but just very exciting stuff And uh, there was a presentation from HumanWare about the Monarch, and they talked about their new um, format called EBRF that the DAISY Consortium is working on creating that will combine Braille and images and other uh, tactile graphics. So that's all pretty exciting, too. And I'll get to the Monarch once we get to the exhibit hall. But do you guys have any other thoughts that I'm missing about the sessions and, and things at the convention?
1: Accessibility. Oh
0: yes, yes. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I got to bring it up. <laughs> well, excessive well, is interesting. That, well, the, yeah.
0: the funny thing is, is that that's what they said. I'm sorry.
3: Uh- <laughs> uh, yeah, they did say I'm sorry. <laughs> I just. Uh, oh my god! Like,
1: ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have yeah, any words, folks. Other than, it was mentioned
0: uh, in. It was mentioned in the yeah. Braille Monitor. In the
2: Braille Monitor. It was monitor. an article. I think a mm-hmm. couple months ago there was an article
1: I read by, it online. I wasn't convinced,
2: yeah, and so for people that are for the uninitiated, so accessibility is a tool that it's kind of like a well, they call them what web overlays um yeah and, or widgets technical right, yeah. so essentially, you can take a website that maybe has some accessibility problems. Um, or the, the idea is that you can take a website and you can make it accessible to a wide number of different disabilities. So it would, it would address like the, you know, the, the, the print size and um, the speed or whatever that you might have it like read aloud. There's, there's different things. And so there's a company that, Accessibility. They sell this platform, this tool that is supposed to make websites more accessible, but it create it becomes problematic for screen readers uh, oftentimes because it does um, it doesn't really make things easier for us. It actually, um, you know, how can we say this? adds more complexity yeah it makes things more difficult and the problem is these these folks they have a great marketing so they market this tool to web uh, to people that you know handle web pages and organizations and they of course I guess pay for this thing you know and this idea Right. So this idea that you can take this overlay or you can take this component and make a website accessible with it um, just by incorporating it um, it is, well, it's not that simple. Anybody that does accessibility work knows that it could never be that simple. And so it is causing problems uh, for screen readers. And apparently the... NFB has sued them right isn't that right there is a lawsuit there was a lawsuit against them and yes. the the founders the people that said you know look we're really sorry we we need to take more feedback from the community um we had good intentions and so it's marketed it's heavily marketed and unfortunately it is not a great solution for most of us who use screen readers um so i don't know if michael if you wanted to sort of add something on the developer end of it like that we could understand so, more that
0: so i think personally they call these overlays and i personally right. believe that an an overlay could be made to make most changes on a website be accessible but the issue is, is that you would have to use a level of AI that we don't have yet. Right. And it's, I think we're close to it, but we're just not there. And I think, you know, it's kind of like we want to replace the, you know, people that say that we need a, a new solution other than the cane. Everybody just loses their damn mind. Mm-hmm. Excuse my language, but mm-hmm. it's true. And so I think that it, this is the same with overlays. I think AI and things like that can make websites fully accessible, but we just need to get there and we're not there. Mm-hmm. And I think Accessibility said that, you know, they came out of the gate just very excited about their, their, they thought that they could make this thing happen and they couldn't. And so they, their investors, they said we're, they they threw their investors under the bus and said you know they want us to do these things and 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 really uh make it this way and they said you know okay and then now they're saying well you know nobody's liking our product and we're getting sued so how do we fix that right yeah so
2: so basically they have made a commitment to listen more to the community mm-hmm. um, and to change their marketing approach to be more and, uh, honest, or mm-hmm. honest and more forthright about what the tool and can they actually they
0: do. say and they say they already did, and somebody uh, they said they had a question from the floor, which I've never really heard at the at the sessions, and they said I just looked at your website, and I'm still seeing that this language says this thing, and this says that, which is basically in line with your previous marketing. And he said, and the guy said. Well, what we mean by that is, and he gave a big spiel about it, and he said, well, we really want your feedback, so if you think it should be something else, let us know, and we'll change that marketing. And I just thought, okay, that's just an easy way out of the situation that you guys are finding yourself in.
2: Right. And webmasters are people that you know are in charge of a lot of the organizations that use this tool. Of course... They don't want to spend the money to hire accessibility consultants. So this would seem like the best option, um, most cost effective option to just, you know, use this thing and and hope it works or whatever. And right. of course, so these guys, you know, accessibility is. Making money on this and that's not a problem, except that it it it's it's problematic for screen readers,
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: and you know I could we could get into why it's problematic, but um, I don't know that I really have the technical savvy to really
1: explain it. But um, well, I mean it's it's really simple. I don't want to say it's simple, but I mean. You know, this is what happens when people put these overlays. And like I said, I always tell this story. You know, my landlord at my old apartment in Michigan put one on, um, put this overlay on, and it was time for me to pay my rent. So I try to pay my rent and I can't. So I walked into the office and I said, Hey, I said, she's like, Why isn't your rent in time? I said, You know why your rent or my rent's down on time? Is because you decided to employ this accessibility overlay that actually made your site worse. So I said, if you want to have your rent check in time, I said, I would advise you to take the thing down or else you're not going to get your rent check because I can't pay it.
2: <laughs> wow. What did they say to that?
1: <laughs> They're like, we're taking it down. I said, um, thank you. Yeah. And I it's, it's, think.
2: <laughs> it's a shame because people have good intentions. That I mean, yeah. you know, it starts out that way, but. You know. It does. So.
0: Yeah. So. Accessibility was a big topic um, in the NFB. They were, they were kind of for it and, you know, they were, they're happy. So we moved on and so we went through the rest of sessions. And I'm still not caught up on everything. I haven't watched all the sessions. But uh, I want to go ahead and move us on to the exhibit hall because I feel like that's where a lot of my time was spent. I looked at um, several devices or three or four devices specifically. I looked at the Sense Player, and that was a pretty neat device because it's a book player like the Victor Reader Stream, but it's running Android. It can control an iOS and Android device, and it will soon run its own Android apps that you can get online, like sideloading them. So that's pretty exciting.
2: Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: And it'll work with Audible out of the box, which is Mm -hmm. you have to do some work for the Victor Reader Stream to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was a neat device. I don't know the price, but they said within a month, they'll have app support on the device. Um, and that's from Hems. It To me, it looked like a little bit better design. Like it was built a little better, had a nice case compared to the Victor Reader Stream third generation.
1: And this is just after I bought one, by the way. Right. So I, yep. I'm kind of a little sour about this whole thing.
0: Well, yep. I
2: wonder who this is marketed at. I mean, what is the target market?
0: I think students, really, anybody that wants a Android book player, because you could technically put Kindle on there and and have it play your books out loud
3: mm-hmm.
0: hmm. um, or hook up a Braille display, you know, right? Since it's running Android on there, I'm not sure which version, but then I got to see the Monarch. Oh, yeah. Mm. And this thing is about the size of a gaming computer. But it does. Um, the prototype I saw, it got a little hot, um, but it, and it was heavy. But it would refresh Braille. You could zoom in, zoom out on images. It would have regular Braille, um, so it was really nice. Um,
2: hmm. Yeah. There, um. were,
0: there was a there was a lot of buttons on it. Um, they have a a page turn button that is. Uh, I asked them. I said, "Why didn't y'all put this closer to the screen if you wanted people to pan with this?" And they said, "Well." It's because there's a lot of electronics right near the screen, and the or the I call it a screen, but it's the braille area. But it looks like a screen to me, mm-hmm. and it's a laminated screen, so it reminds me of thermoform or that kind of laminated paper kind of feel, which I always like. I like that braille yeah, I a like lot. To <laughs> a um, lot of people
1: don't, but I do. <laughs> I do. It doesn't hurt my hands. No.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And the graphics are really neat on it too. I they showed me a, a map and I just didn't fully feel like it was the same map of the US that I'm used to seeing. Like just feeling did it. You did you understand
1: not, it, Michael?
0: No, no, I, I couldn't quite understand it. Zooming in was neat though. It did zoom in and I could just feel the abbreviations of the states. Um I just with the limited time I had, I didn't quite get like get enough time to answer questions. They had USB ports and all kinds of stuff on it. HDMI, I felt, I believe I felt. So, mm-hmm. a lot of features there, a really neat device. Uh, so, I think people are going to love that.
2: I would love it too. Um, but I'm interested to see how much they're going to charge for it. You know, what's the cost going to be? And I guess I need to know that before I get excited about it. Because if it's something where I would not, I'd have to sell something really valuable mm-hmm. <laughs> to get it.
0: Well, they talked about like my having. <laughs> <laughs> they talked about having EBRF support, which is a new braille format. Like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. um, it's going to have, uh, you know, very fast, refreshable braille on there. It's going to um, support SVG graphics and all kinds of cool stuff. So, very interesting uh, device for new users. My personal favorite so far has been the graffiti. I like that one a lot. Mm -hmm. But I don't, the the one thing that's different about these things though is I think the monarch is designed to show braille in line with graphics, whereas the graffiti does not. So Mm -hmm. that is one difference.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. The idea Mm -hmm. that you're going to try to show graphics with the same, um, array that you would use for
0: braille just regular
2: mm. braille i would love a multi-line braille display because i always feel like when i'm reading on a braille display if you don't read fast enough there's that weird pause while your your line is refreshing while your cells are refreshing, and it sort of drives me crazy and sometimes like when blind people read um even myself when i'm reading out loud there's that little pause at the end of the line where you're refreshing your your braille and that pause it's only a little thing but it drives me bananas like i can oh, tell I when somebody is reading from a braille mm-hmm. display <laughs> and and you know like that would the multi-line braille display would would hopefully ameliorate that issue Although well, in- like,
0: if, if you listen to the NFB uh, speeches from their from the president, Riccobono, mm-hmm. you hear him talking, and then he gets to the end of his page, and then he continues. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh-huh, you're definitely reading with
3: Braille.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, like, when you're reading off of a piece of Braille paper, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, have so many lines. But, you know, when you have these Braille displays, and even the 40 cells... But still, it has to refresh. And if you some people are really good at they can read so fast that they are able to do it seamlessly so that Mm -hmm. you can't tell that little pause. But I am somebody who can tell (laughs) the little pause.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm excited about all of these. The last Mm -hmm. one that we that I got to see was the uh, the Optima. And that's the last Braille display I checked out. The Optima was very cool, uh, and we got to meet the uh, f- the founder of that, I believe, uh, Adi, who is with Access Mind. And I want to give a shout out to Adi because he's listened to the IA Cast since day one. So, well, thank you so much for listening all of this time since twenty fifteen, and you know we want to have you on the show to talk. Um, Absolutely. The web- Websites accessmind.net. I know you're working on a more permanent website there, but uh, you know, let, let Audie know that you heard about him here. And you know, we want to have Audi on to talk about uh, the Optima, but it's just really cool to know other people out, out there that are making the tech are listening to the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, that was a great, um, you know, uh, it was great meeting you, Audi. and also the Optima is just such a neat display or neat system. I I asked a bunch of questions. Um, he, they're not sure if the uh, uh, how much of the system will be modular. The processor will be. It's using the performance chip instead of the U chip. I don't remember what U from Intel stands for, but uh, the P chips are very good from my understanding so you're going to get a good chip in your in your machine uh everything's using the framework uh io uh, uh modularity the prototype there did not have these things there but you'll be able to change out your ports you'll be able to change out all of these things and the neat thing is and this is what i really want to point out you should if 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 a repair center locally can fix framework computers then you could take them your Optima. Wow. Now, how cool is that? <laughs> that
1: is really seriously? cool, yes.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's always my problem with Braille displays, is that you can't get them repaired, like, you know, in person. In it's a always timely manner.
2: Out. Yeah, that's a pain <laughs> point, a major pain point for Braille displays or anything that's specialized, like the things that we use. And they mm-hmm. have to be repaired. There are only so many people that can repair them, and you gotta send them to Canada. And you send them back, or... and then you're without yes. your beloved technology. Mm-hmm. You know, technology until it comes
1: back. And that's yeah. why I try to go mainstream. But there's some things that are just difficult.
0: But you know, and and I looked at the keyboard and I said, these keys have great travel. I love the travel on the keys. He said, I don't like them. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> he said, yeah, they're too flat. I don't want there to be flat keys on this thing. Like, oh, (laughs) so that was really cool. Like, you know, the fact that he's paying so much attention to detail Mm -hmm. and I I found that, yes, it's using the one one he had was using the Orbit keys, the uh, uh, Orbit uh, uh, Braille cells. Cells. Mm -hmm. And so it was louder, but it was, in my opinion, smoother than the than the twenty. So I would not mind that being on, it was just a, it made noise, but it wasn't a constant ticking. It was more of a kind of, kind of reminded me like of a very fast moving fan just, and, and that's what it sounded like in the convention hall. I was like, that seems like it's a little working a little better. So I'm working, wondering if the Orbit 40 does that as well. But I was just very impressed with the device. You could use... It has HDMI. It does have a blue light on it to let you know it's on. This is all in the prototype. Right. Uh, And then, uh, you know, you could put the, you know, what USB ports you want. USB A or C or all of those things. And, um, yeah, it was just a very nice experience. And it's about the same size as the Monarch. So... It did get warm on the bottom uh, just from being on. But again, this is all prototypes, guys. So right. we're we're going to have to see, you know, what the final version looks like. But I'm very excited about the, this. And I think the plan is for the end of this year. The Monarch is supposed to be uh, middle of the year next year. So uh, both of these devices have a long way to go. HumanWare is also advocating that the Monarch be... Uh, You know, people work with Congress to make these things more available for students and things like that. So, uh, that was pushed heavily at the conference.
1: And they even had a song. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, they had a song that ruined ACDC for me. (laughs) Won't won't go into that here because we're on YouTube. But (laughs) uh, I'm I'm really enjoying some of these devices. And I want to see. I I think the one I'm excited about most is the Orbit uh, Mm -hmm. Optima. So, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and it's good to know that people are still innovating in this space. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, I think that innovation is the thing that the lifeblood of Mm -hmm. um, assistive tech, you know, this idea that we can do better when Mm -hmm. we know better, we can do better. And I think there is technology that's coming down the pipeline right now. That I mean, AI just being you know one component of that. Mm -hmm. uh, That is, and and earlier we had supply chain issues, you know, during COVID and things like that. And those supply chain issues are hopefully working themselves out now, so that you know these chips and things would be more widely available, and maybe the price would drop as well. So I mean, I think we all want you know the innovation is. Is something that we all should really want because, yep, you know. Um,
0: well, we're getting uh, close to our our two hour mark, but what I want to do real quick is talk about way around. Uh, Mm Because we were there and, you know, we were showing off the convention using our public token signs and we were giving out tokens where people could scan the NFC tag and get information about the convention and the agenda. This is part of our public signs project to kind of show that off. So uh, if you want your building to be more accessible and to have uh, professional signage that has NFC tags that work with the WayAround app. You know, you could contact connect at wayaround.com and we'll get you all set up. And it's very exciting. Uh, you know, we had people that loved the tokens that like used it for the agenda and the exhibit hall. But, uh, you know, we came out with our new, you know, way around is a NFC labeling system for iPhone, Android, and now the blind shell. So that's kind of the spiel I was giving people at conference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's exciting to be on all of those platforms and we're just making it better and better. So it's very exciting to be developing for way around and getting to go to these conferences to represent way around and talk about all this stuff. So with all that being said, awesome. let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with what we do every week. And Taylor, what is your pick of the week and where can people find you online?
1: Everybody in the blindness world probably knows of Squarespace. Why? Because every YouTuber, it seems like, has an ad for Squarespace, right? Squarespace is everywhere. It's almost as prevalent as FreshBooks in terms of the YouTube space. So Squarespace, what is it? It's a website builder. And why do I like it? Because it's a lot easier than WordPress. Let me explain. Squarespace is a drag and drop website builder. I know people are going to be bad, drag and drop. but It is workable. Why do I say workable? There's a lot of issues still. But if you're willing to tamper and tinker, it works very well. In fact, if I did the economics for my new website, because I am making a new website right now, if I were to do the economics between WordPress and uh, Squarespace, it's actually a lot cheaper. I don't want to say a lot cheaper, but it's a significant discount, I guess, per se, if I do Squarespace. So with all the plugins I'd have to buy for WordPress, it'd just be a lot more. And I can have like print on demand. So I can have like a store with t-shirts and things like that. So for my merch for my podcast. So be on the lookout for book site merch, folks. So yeah, I really, really love Squarespace. And again, it's slightly accessible. There's definitely a lot of issues. Be on the lookout, though, because I will be doing a tutorial on my YouTube channel soon. That is my uh, pick for the week.
0: And where can oh, people find you online?
1: People can find me all over the place. Uh, if you search my name on Google, Taylor Arnt, you'll be able to find me. I'm also on YouTube and Mastodon at Tay T-A-Y-A-R-N-D-T at Techopolis, T E C H O P O L I S dot social or at Art on twitter and taylor Arnt on facebook so I'm, I'm all over the place
0: okay and lynn what is your pick for this week and where can people find you online
2: okay hey, well marty had told me about this app a while back it's called look up and it's a dictionary and um it's sort of a little thesaurus you can do word of the day you can do little word quizzes on it Um, it's a pretty fun little app and I think they have a free and a paid version. Um, the, the, I think the paid version is like a lifetime and I am sorry. I don't know what it is now because things have always, you know, things have changed so much, but yeah, it's called lookup and it's a dictionary and it's sometimes you just need an app that just does something and does it well, you know, maybe it's not the most Exciting app in the world, it's just a dictionary, but um, if you're a word person and you like you know all things word <laughs> they have it has thesaurus you know entry and it's just just a neat little program, and a lot of times I will use it just to look up words and definitions, so it's called look up and as far as where you can find me, well. Right now, uh, I can be found. My email is prints, like footprints only cane, prints at hotmail.com.
0: All right. And, that's, and, and that's me. all righty. And I have two great picks for you guys today. Again, host privilege. <laughs> <laughs> so, my first one is the uh, speaker from AT Guys, another convention mention. And that is the Stormbox uh, Stormbox Blast. That's hard to say three times fast. It is a speaker that's 90 watts. It's like a boombox. It sounds really good, really good bass. Uh, It has 30 hours of battery, guys. 30 hours.
1: That's crazy. It's a (laughs) a
0: Bluetooth speaker. It has a handle. You can plug it in to charge it. Uh, And it will give you 30 hours of Bluetooth listening. But... Here's the low vision and and visual part of this. It's got lights. It's got lights on either side. So on the right, it has lights. On the left, it has lights. And inside, where the speaker equipment is, you could see through. And any time there's bass or something that's loud, it lights it up. I am so geeking out about this speaker, guys. I'm like... I could just jam out to it and watch the lights light up forever. And I would, I'd be content that that would be my life. I would be good. <laughs> so Stormbox blast from 80 guys, $200. Check it out. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes and all of our picks, but also uh, I watched guardians of the galaxy three last night. Oh my God. That is such a good and sad and happy movie. You know, it's it's sad just because of what the characters go through in that movie, and just happy how everything ends up. It's the end of this of that trilogy. I mean, it's emotional. It it really really is emotional, and just you know, there's some of the Marvel movies have not been the greatest, but this one was just like jaw droppingly amazing. I there's no other words. There's no other words. So as for where people can find me online, I'm Mike Doeys on Twitter, Mike Doeys at techopolis.social. Taylor already sp- uh, spelled that out. So go back and, and find that. Uh, I'm Mike Doweys at iCloud.com for email. And I'm Mike Doeys on threads. So you could find me there. Michael Doeys on Facebook. Just to Google search me, you'll find me. Uh, I, I want to thank everybody for being here. Uh Lynn and Taylor, you guys have been great today. It was so really, much fun. It was yeah, so it fun. Was a yeah. Great discussion. Uh we are right at two hours like I thought we would be. Uh the outtake show is still coming, folks. I have it in production right now, so don't don't worry. It is still a thing. I did not lie. Uh it is coming. It's gonna be rather short, but it is coming. Uh we just don't have many outtakes anymore. It kind of stinks um so keep in mind that's, that's we're coming, so
2: good and we we're we so good at what we do good workers and
0: yeah we and don't make you mistakes. know <laughs> not many but when the when we do they are hilarious <laughs> Yeah. So, so i want to thank you all for being here check us out on youtube we've got our chapters on our podcasts uh it you know all of these episodes are great so thank you everybody for being here everybody on youtube we've got a few uh chat messages today uh just saying hi so uh come on back enjoy the podcast and we will see you on the next iacast so have a great bye everyone
1: have a great
3: week bye Thank you for tuning in to the IACast. We hope you enjoyed the show and found the conversation to be insightful and informative. If you have any feedback or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at feedback at IACast.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at network to stay informed about new episodes and other updates. Don't forget to check out more great podcasts on the IACast Network. IACast.net. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.